Ho, 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 and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plastering with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, the bearded legend, South Stand Chum, the daddy o, the one and only, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is episode number 202. Thanks to everyone who's listened to episode 201, and this week we've got a quick roundup of news from around the club in case you've missed something. Plus, we've also got a review of the Bradford game. Uh, we've also got a few messages uh, at the end from some well-known Orient people. And this being our last episode before Christmas and actually of this year, uh, it's going to be uh, going to be a fun one, actually. So uh, hmm. I think without further ado, uh, let's crack on. And as always, we start with our, our sponsors. Yep, so our sponsors proudly are AJF Plastering. You must know this by now. So AJF Plastering, they're an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work. They do specialise in silicone colour, render systems, and the best part is, and you must know this by now, that they offer all O's fans, all O's staff, 15% off their already fantastic prices. So if you're thinking about having any work done in the home, you're going to need it repl- the wall replastered or a ceiling redone. This is the guy for you. Brilliant. And what's that? What's that you're saying? How can I get in contact with them? Brilliant. Good question. How do you you get in contact with them? So for more information, uh, you can get in contact via email at ajfplastering at outlook.com. Very easy to remember that one. Or you can visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or fairly on Twitter by uh, searching for at BigAdsLOFC. So all very simple ways to get in contact with our sponsors, AJF Plastering. So Adam, keep up the great work. We look forward continuing our relationship into the next decade and the next year. Absolutely. Uh, Supporters Club update. The Supporters Club are running coaches to Newport County on Sunday the 29th of December with coaches departing at half past eight with a three o'clock kickoff. I'm gutted I can't go to this one. I've got Disney on ice at the O2 with my little ones. Had I not been doing that I definitely would have been pushing the wife for permission to go to Newport <laughs> County. Yeah. Definitely. What, what, why? Justin. This whole Justin thing, right. isn't it? They're going to induct Justin into their Hall of Fame. It's going to be an emotional day. It's a ground I've never been to before. Yeah. I saw the pitch on the highlights of from the EFL show. I mean, it looks like just like hacking and <laughs> It does, yeah. So I would have loved to have gone to that one. I'm sure if people are going, um, it will be a great day. So I'll let you uh, continue. Yeah. So if you uh, are different to Stephen, you can actually go to this one. Yeah. Um, adult fares are 34 quid with £31 concessions and under 16s are half price. There'll be an additional three quid if you're not a member of the supporters club. And do not forget that £34 and £31 does not include your match day ticket. If you're interested in going on this, you can book by visiting the supporters club on a match day or you can call the travel line on 07722. One three five nine seven zero. Additionally, on Friday the twentieth of December, the popular Christmas Ale Festival featuring ales from the Mighty Oak Brewery doors open at five o'clock. Entry is free for all, uh, with free mince pies on offer to soak up the alcohol. So Amazing. I've just added that bit in. Uh, so uh, they look forward <laughs> to seeing you there. So I guess from all of us at Orient Outlet Podcast Tower, it was a massive, a huge well done to the supporters club on another fantastic year of work. It's always buzzing in the mm. sports club, always a friendly atmosphere, always great beers on tap. So from us to you guys, keep up your fantastic work. It's been a pleasure to read out your updates. Yeah, so another absolutely. group that we like to read the updates from is the Leighton Orient Trust. A great update this week, a really heartwarming one, uh, which was sent in uh, kindly by Howard. So thank you, Howard, for sending in your update. So a superb visit to Whipscross Hospital on Wednesday. Saw players Joby McEnough, Josh Wright, Marvin Ekpatetta, Miles Judd and Ross Satoru, along with mascot Theo, handing out presents to the children on the Acorn Ward and bringing smiles to the children, families and staff alike. Engagement manager at the hospital, Sozia Zapska, I hope I've said that uh, oh, correctly, well said afterwards, we're so thankful for the players and ladies and audience to support us like this. We look forward to the visit every year and it really does lift the spirits across the whole world. And I must send out a huge thank you to all those amazing fans who donated the presents. Incredible generosity. And we're so thankful. So you've probably all seen the pictures on the um, club's media um, outlets and via the media outlets from the hospital themselves. Yeah, looked like yeah. the kids had a great day. And I think the really good thing about that is the players all looked engaged. They're not standing there, not wanting to be there. They all look like they're engaged, all enjoying the experiences. I think Josh Wright tweeted afterwards, I think, as did a few of the other players. So it's great to see... I think also I know the players that went the majority of them have got children but I think it also still adds a 
a real sort of perspective on things. You know, it's not their kids in in hospital. Unfortunately, it's someone else's. Yeah, got got to have their kids in, and it just does sort of give a real sense of realism about what's going on in the local community around the club that they're they're playing for. Yeah. So, uh, I know they probably don't need reminding of that because they're all down to earth guys. They're not sort of big time Charlies or anything like that. But you know that shouldn't be under underestimated and underrated uh, that trip. Yeah, good point. So there's another trip next Wednesday. As the club will repeat this activity at Homerton Hospital in Hackney and they'll be going into the children's ward as well as the RNRU which is the Regional Neurological Rehab Unit so again from us well done to everyone at the Trust and again we love you know publicising what the Trust do the amount of work that goes into it should never be underestimated so well done to Neil uh, Howard Louise everyone at the Trust team and we look forward to giving you updates further on during the year. Absolutely. Um, so moving on then, um, any other business? Uh, Dream Team, Football is Everything, episode number two, featuring yours truly uh, is on it. We got a bit of a, a star in role towards the end of it. Very, very happy with that. Very so, nice of them to ask us to be on it. So if anyone, thanks to Josh Coulson, sorry, for the very, very big name drop. Yeah, Appreciate very good. It. So if anyone, Very nice of him to do that. Anyone was wondering why last week's podcast went out so late when no one was on it, it was because Dream Team came round to my house to film us <laughs> in the kitchen, basically for about 45 minutes. But, you know, they asked us some really good questions. Hopefully everyone's watched it. If you haven't, it's on YouTube, it's on our social media channels. Uh, it's only about a nine minute video and it's all about social media and football. And the podcast gets about a minute and a half worth to two minutes uh, of me and Paul talking about how we record the podcast, why we do it and why we read so many And what views. impact it has. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> i.e. Paul's marriage, which is <laughs> quite funny. So please, if you haven't already watched that, and a thank you to Andy Taylor uh, and at Adam. Dream Team and Adam at Dream Team uh, for asking us to get him involved. So let's go on in to the week that was for the final time this year, this for year. the final time of the, the decade. The second decade of the 21st century. Oh, let's do it. Bit of, a, bit of a dampness one, not much really happens until the game. So, <laughs> course on Monday, 9th of December, the club announced and thanked the supports club for their £6,000 donation for repairs on the Academy minibus, which allows players to travel to away games. So, I mentioned them at the top, I mentioned them now. Well done to all involved in that one. Six grand, you can buy a new minibus for like <laughs> possibly. a bit more than that, or a good second hand one. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what six grand needs to, what, what is being done for six grand? Anyway, moving on then to, to who? No, no, no digression. Um, to who? A Tuesday, the tenth of December, and Wednesday, the eleventh of December. Nothing happened. Quiet day at the club. So we're going to move on to Thursday, the twelfth of December. Yeah, so twelfth December, we'll wish one of our favourite beardy legends, not the beardy legend, but one of them, a uh, happy birthday. So yeah. happy thirty-first birthday to Mr. James Dayton. So yeah. James, hope you had a great day. Yeah, absolutely. The star man. Playing on the wing. Mooney, Friday the 13th of December, a double birthday celebration, and this time it's in the Travis family. Happy 70th birthday to Orient Chairman Nigel, and happy 40th birthday to his son and Orient Director David. So, congratulations to you both. Thanks for everything you've both done and continue to do for the club, and we hope you both had a great time celebrating. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much sing Nigel Travis's praises pretty much every week in the podcast and like we say his evaluation what he's done to Orient should never be underestimated yeah. and maybe there'll be a little message from Nigel later on in the Ooh, podcast spoiler alert. father and son on the same day I know amazing isn't what, it yeah, what's the chances, chances? Yeah. and on Nigel's 30th birthday David would have been born yeah yeah no, 30th no. right yeah yeah so Crazy, so yeah, happy birthday, James. Birthday present. Hope you had a good <laughs> absolutely. Also, there was more on this day as the club announced its nominees for player of the month for November. So, the four nominees were as follows as James Dayton, one of the birthday boys, Dan Happy, Matthew Harold, and JMD. And I think the winner, probably who most of us thought would win, and came out winning with 46% of the vote was Jordan Maguire-Drew. So well done to Jordan. I thought we mentioned him over the last two or three podcasts. Although he might not be doing much in games, is having pivotal moments. So he scored against Oldham the week before that. He put a cross onto Angles. Bristol Rovers. Leg against Bristol Rovers. And we'll talk about kind of what he'd done um, in the Bradford game coming up. But yeah. a player who's becoming more important now, I think, with every game. But it could have easily gone to Harold 
I think, are happy pretty much. Yeah, in, Matt Harold is very yeah. like there isn't one player in there that isn't really deserving to be fair. So yeah. would agree. So well done there. Yeah, um, yeah. While the club was at it, they also announced its nominations for Goal of the Month for November, and it was Louis Dennis against Brighton and Hove Albion's under 21s, James Dayton's effort against Molden and Tiptree, Matt Harold's effort against Forest Green Rovers, and also Jordan Maguire Drew's goal against Forest Green Rovers. And the winner was Louis Dennis for his goal against Brighton. So well done, Louis. Yeah, well done, Louis. A good header there. I mean, I think we only scored four goals in the month of November, so not much to choose from. Yeah. So, uh, Slim pickings. <laughs> well done, Louis. Dayton's finish was very good, but in the game, we'd all want to never talk about mm. again yeah. and probably we'll let's move on never let's do. move on so already swiftly yeah. we're into Saturday now we sure are so Saturday the 14th of December and in the morning the youth team were in action they were away at Northampton Town and unfortunately lost the game by 8 goals to 2 so unlucky there to the Yellows. Yeah. So the main event of the day was Bradford City at home. Before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out who you thought the O's would get on, how the O's would get on in this one. And after just 153 votes, not that many this uh, this week in 24 hours, we had 26% of the votes for a draw, 26% for a win, and 48% thought we'd lose. The cynical 48%. So as always, thank you very much indeed for all of your votes yeah I mean I do get that to a certain extent yeah, obviously of Bradford six on the table big club high flying yeah, yeah absolutely so 2pm the team was announced so Sam Sargent in goal and at the back Miles Judd Dan Happy Marvin Ekpateta and Jamie Turley in midfield Craig Clay uh, George Marsh Josh Wright uh, JMD and up top Wilkinson and Lee Iyengar which meant on the bench we had Dean Brill Josh Corson Dale Gorman Hector Kiprianu James Dayton James Brophy and Matt Howell. So when I saw that line-up, defence I thought looked a bit young. Mm-hmm. You've got Marv, um, Sergeant, Happy, Sergeant, all apart from Turley, um, who's a bit more of an experienced player. Um, and for me, I was also a bit surprised that Clay returned back into the starting eleven. bearing in mind what Ross had said the week before <coughs> in terms of you've got to earn your place and we've seen players drop down to the bench and Clay was just getting on over and illness. So why do you think that he was suddenly put back in? Don't know. Go, go ask Ross. Um, I don't know. Bradford and experience side. Do you think he possibly? I mean, I, I, you know, I, we singled out Hector last week for having a great two weeks, and he drops yeah. to the bench probably for Clay's experience and probably reliability. Think, yeah, on the pitch. But, but yeah. then, when will Hector learn? You know Quite what I mean? Because yeah. I because my note that I made was sort of questioning why he'd been benched. Yeah. Um, but I think obviously when you look at the sort of Bradford team, like it's a very strong side. So is throwing Hector in a bit of a sort of chucking him in at the deep end, is it going to hurt him or burn him a bit to go in and then be overawed by it and then have him set back in confidence or, 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 or progress, for example? So um, I thought a decent bench, really. Uh, you've got Dayton, Brophy and Harold uh, that can all come on and, and, and really do things for us if if, if needed. But... Yeah, so there's a few changes we'll in that one, yeah. in that lineup. As Miles Jard, Marvin, and Craig came into the starting eleven. Samling missed out with a groin injury, and Joe Willison missed out with a quad injury. Josh Wright, Apley, Captain Dio's. I must confess, before the game, up, I could see Josh Wright scoring in this one up against his old team, who he didn't do too well at. The whole Justin birthday, which obviously we'll come on to, it's one of those games that you think could have been made. For Josh Wright to nick the only like a one 0 win, yeah. Josh Wright screamer, or yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Beforehand, so yeah. the team was announced. We've got we're getting more and more um, views about the team, uh, which is always good for the Twitter account. Yeah. Um, so Steve, we'll mention a few of them. Stephen Orion started off by saying we're very injury prone fullbacks. Hope Judd can last for ninety minutes. Feel for Hector, one decent game, then dropped out for uh, Craig Clay as he is now fit. Seems to contradict the do well and play process. I'm sure there are good reasons like we've probably like just said, made yeah. Yeah. maybe Smoko said Clay in for Kiprianu interim tag selection in my opinion thought last week was something to build on yeah down underscore underscore south said is this the first time all three Orient Academy players and Sergeant Happy and Judd have started in a league game been in the starting 11 I don't know down underscore um, south there's a stat out there that can look into that probably I would have um, thought so although mm, maybe probably two or three years ago but yeah, then maybe that would have been like Charlie Granger and not Sam Sargent. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. 
Probably not, Mr. Dolby. Uh, the match kicked <laughs> off on a cold day at Brisbane Road. It was proper freezing cold, actually. Um, both sets of teams wore happy birthday gaffer training tops in remembrance of Justin Edinburgh. And I have to commend Bradford City for doing that. Yeah. They don't have to, but very, very commendable of them to do that. Very noble of them as well, and very respectful. I think in the week, in the build-up, Gary Bowyer had spoken very highly of Justin which was a nice thing although to he didn't know him he yeah. said like, I think I read a quote about him saying well you can only go by how pe- other people are speaking about him and you spot know, on it, it's absolutely bang on yeah spot on so um, you were there I wasn't I was at a, a kid's fifth birthday party yeah. it was very nice but it wasn't Brisbane Road no nope. my heart was Never really at so Josh ten. Wright was getting a bit of grief <laughs> from the Bradford fans yeah, as you'd expect yeah he's yeah. getting booed yeah. And I think they were, I couldn't hear properly, but he was getting shouted at no, when he came over and took corners and stuff like that. I mean, it's to be expected he didn't do very well yeah. there. No surprise there, really. No, no surprise. So the 10th minute in, first chance of the game for us is JMD whipped in a perfect cross. Connor Wilkinson got his head onto the ball, unmarked, headed onto the bar, keeper beaten, but the ball then bounced over. Mm. I've seen that back. I think he'll be disappointed he didn't score there. I've got to be honest. Great cross from JMD. He does yeah. all the trickery. Yeah. can't have put it onto Connor's head any better than the only thing I would on. say is maybe because Connor's jumping up to get it rather than meeting it when he's up there and then being able to head it down that's because he's just literally gone up and done that so it's kind of he's not able to change the direction of the ball I mean we're getting very physic, like physics and science based here but the only that's the only thing that I can think of is that he's not gone above the ball to then head it down he's at the ball and he's just headed it in the direct he's just changed the direction of the ball that's all I can think in his defence that that would be. But for me, that's a guilt-edged chance that we When you're doing well, away. if we were doing well, that that's the other side of the bar. Go, goes in off the keeper. And it goes yeah, in, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, chance <laughs> gone. And then you think you wrote for the next 15 or so minutes, there wasn't much to report as the ball was mainly in the middle of the park with both sides trying to create something. Yeah, we're settling in. We're having a go towards their box. They're having a go towards our box. It hung around a lot in the middle of the pitch, right. the middle third of the pitch. Um, so there wasn't really too much going on that, that was sort of really worth reporting. But on the 27th minute, Lee Angle won a free kick for us just outside the box. James Brophy crossed the ball in. Pings about a bit before Marvin Ekpeteta got a shot that, uh, off that went just wide. Haven't seen it back. Wasn't at our end, so I can't really say how close or far away those that sit in the North family stand will be able to, yeah. to say differently. But again, like you said earlier about Connor's effort, when you're at the top of the table and flying, yeah, those go in, they get goes on target, it goes three inches the other way into the goal, whatever, however wide it was, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, but it's, yeah, it was nice to be causing them problems in their goal mouth rather than the other way yeah, around. Yeah, absolutely, that's all you can do really. And in the 33rd minute, Bradford free kick 30 yards out, it's comfortably dealt with by Miles Judd, who headed it clear. How was Miles Judd doing? Because I thought he did well. He's, yeah, yeah, I thought he did well. He was either going to do really well or he was going to be really rusty. Okay, it wasn't. That, I don't think that for me personally, the way I saw it, there wasn't going to be a middle ground because he's been in, out, out for a bit, and now he's come back in. Um, I like Judd. I'm a fan of Judd and how he plays. I know other people aren't and prefer Sam Ling, and that's absolutely fine. But for me, he's got a lot of effort and a lot of endeavour. Um, that's been that's why the fans like him so much because he tries ten, hard he's very tenacious yeah. wears the heart on his sleeve yeah. yeah and he plays and he tries his absolute best And you, uh, for me I, I, I endear to that quite a lot okay. um, but yeah no he was well placed the ball came in it was a poor free kick from them they'll be disappointed with that and he, he's just literally he's standing isolated on his own kind of thing in the middle of the goal but sort of on the edge of the penalty towards the edge of the penalty area he just headed it clear very easy very well positioned didn't panic Cleared it and we, we cleared our lines. Well done, Miles Judding. Yep. So 44th minute, a massive moment in the half as Ota beat Jamie Turley to the ball on the left-hand side, charged into our box, got his shot away. Sergeant done very well to save the shot of his legs and we cleared the danger. I thought that was a very, very good save actually by Sam Sargent. Yeah. Stood up well, watched the ball, made a good save. Yeah, see, that must have been quite difficult for Jamie because Jamie's got pace to burn. But he couldn't do too much because if he throws the guy off his balance or foul, basically if he penalty. fouls the guy, it's either going to be a, a free kick very close to our box or it's going to be yeah. a penalty. So you have to be really careful. Sam Sargent came out, saved well with his sort of shins and the ball sort of, for us, luckily, it went away and, and wasn't able, it didn't just fall into someone else's path for them yeah. to... And that would have been great in the for Sam's confidence as well. Yeah, absolutely. But he, read, he read that well. Big save at a big time because that's just before half time and if you can see then... 
and you're going down at 1-0, it's a very different team talk, yeah. it's a very different mood. And they wouldn't the have deserved to have been 1-0 yeah. up, uh, because they didn't really do anything other than that, really. And there was an additional minute of time added on that was played out without incident. We go in at 0-0, and it was a solid but unspectacular half. Neither keeper really had much of anything to do. Their keeper might have had a couple of catches, Sarge with that save with his feet. Otherwise, they really weren't. The ball was a, 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 sort of really in the okay. middle third of the pitch. Fine, OK. We got a tweet at half-time from at Paul Skinner, 88 who said, I'm pleased with that half, decent defending and always going after the ball. Turley makes such a difference for me in the central defence. I think we'll speak about Jamie Turley when we start speaking about the views at full time because there's a lot of very complimentary tweets about Jamie Turley. So attendance announced just over 6,000. That's 6,015, as you'd expect, a large away attendance with 997. Although that's not a full away end though, is it? No. So I'm surprised. I thought they would have sold it out, to be honest. So... Um, the seating towards the front was we- was uh, webbed off, if you oh, like. Okay, they yeah, had yeah. that netting on it yeah, so they yeah, couldn't sit yeah. there. But barring that, um, packed out. It yeah. was packed out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you could see pockets of seats that weren't taken, but by and large, yeah. and they were quite noisy as well. So. As you'd expect. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a decent travelling. Uh, thing. You know, we, we've taken that much away to somewhere before so we know what that's all about no changes at half time and straight after kickoff, off Liangol picked the ball up in the middle of the park drove towards goal he was crowded out but did manage to get his shot away it was weak so unfortunately didn't really trouble their, their keeper uh, very much at all but moments later Jordan Maguire drew charged at goal but unfortunately he was tackled and we've just come out the blocks looking to really Good. go at it which Good. is really what you want to see Absolutely, yeah. uh, Ross has obviously gone in there and just said like, just go at it don't be apprehensive or don't be nervous about it just go and smash them and there within the first minute 90 seconds we're fashioning to potential chances absolutely exactly it puts them on the back foot and sets the mood for the rest of the half really good to hear <laughs> Miles Judford Connor Wilkinson in the 47th minute and he tricked his way into the Bradford box but his shot was weak although he was crowded out quickly it's like you said good intent to start of the second half coming out exactly two two opportunities in uh, three opportunities in two minutes yeah. shows that we're really gunning for this and Connor Connor's got very good feet like very good feet but Bradford were on him it, 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 if if, if if one of our players had the ball in the box they would crowd them out like really quickly no yeah. messing around no dithering they were on him crowding him out pushing him away in yeah. terms of sort of shepherding him away so that he wasn't going to get his shot off we did get shots off but they were they were weak because he'd run out of turning yeah, options yeah. and where to Not go so he kind of like I've just got to get a shot away and that's that's what happened yeah good defence um, there crucial tackle here a crucial moment in the 55th minute Jordan Maguire drew one our first corner of the game it was a poor delivery from Josh Wright, unfortunately, that led to Bradford clearing quite comfortably uh, before their man was failed. They took a quick free kick, uh, which then put them on the counter-attack, and Dan Happy made the most crucial challenge oh, okay. the most crucial challenge to stop their man from getting away because their man was getting away and he's just come in and tackled them. And, and this was Dan Happy at left-back. This was Dan well. Happy at yeah. left-back as well, and he's not blessed with pace. Yeah. So he had to make that tackle. He'd made a tackle in the first half, actually, very early on that we haven't reported on here, uh, my mistake, that was also crucial because their man was in the box and he makes that tackle. The man goes down, potentially the ref, a poor ref will give a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a Trevor Kettle type referee would give a penalty or Sargentson would give a penalty. But um, he did very well, Dan Happy. Okay. Uh, very well. Read the game well, was an outlet when the ball needed to come across the defence. He did very well yesterday, Dan Happy. Well done, at, Dan at, Happy. At left back. Good to hear. Mm. Good to hear. 57th minute, a big chance for Bradford. You wrote as a cross goes across the face of our goal and out the other side. So it sounds like Bradford now starting to step up the pressure. Yeah, they got to the byline and crossed pretty much to the byline, but it was at the north stands. I don't know how close to the byline yeah. it was. The ball's gone across goal. All it needed was someone to touch it in from Bradford's side, uh, but it didn't. It goes straight the way through the out and, yeah. out and out the other side. So, yeah, I mean, that was an opportunity for them. I thought that that, that we were lucky to not to, not to uh, have, have conceded. OK, good stuff. Yeah, Quite so... And then Chase lost yeah. course in the 59th minute. He won it, charged at goal, but couldn't get his shot away. It's a bit like what you said done before, well. just crowded him out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd done well. He's chasing a nothing ball and, and he's picked the pot. He could be taking the ball off the guy and you know just couldn't couldn't make it count unfortunately uh, he'd done so much of the hard work to get there he's got very good feet he, he can twist and turn and, and make man. space for himself it's it's a great sign for a striker but one of the main talking points as it turns out to be now is Lee Angle appeared to be pulled down in the area but the referee didn't award the penalty now I took footage of this and I watched it back and then deleted it thinking oh there's nothing in that but actually 
He's pulled him. Right, okay, so I've not seen this and this hasn't been included on the highlights. Highlight, so I can't see. Ross will allude to this moment mm. um, in his post-match interview. He was saying it was, a, I think from what he was saying yesterday, it's Stonewaller. Um, so again, when you, your luck's in, you get them. When not, you don't. And had we got the penalty there, it would have made for a very interesting last 25 minutes. And that would have been the Josh Wright goal that would have, like I was saying beforehand... Do you know what I mean? The one, absolutely. But the game came alive just after the hour mark, around the 65th minute. We had one opportunity with JMD in on goal. His shot was blocked by a sliding defender. Um, guys put his body on the line to, to block yeah. that, to be fair. Um, we won two corners, which unfortunately came to nothing, uh, but there was a bit of pressure on them there. But two minutes later, in the 67th minute, Connor Wilkinson had a shot that went just yeah, I saw inches that. wide. It was unlucky. Good there. chance, that. Yeah, unlucky. Again, like you said earlier, if you're flying at the top of the table, that's five it inches the other way and it just nicks in past the post. Yeah, yeah fine margins, fine margins. Yeah, very. 73rd minute, Harry Pritchard had a shot for Bradford, went just over the bar. I think he got a decent amount of pace on it, but it was always going over, I thought, that one. Yeah, 74th minute, then just a minute later, Jordan Maguire drew one us another corner. So again, you can hear now, our first corner comes in the 55th minute and by the, in 20 minutes later we've had four corners. Yeah. So we're definitely putting the pressure on. And after a goal-mouth scramble in the Bradford box, they managed to clear the ball. But like what we've said, those go in for you, win your top of the league. And we spoke about our scramble last week at Oldham where Angle got a shot away and it got blocked and it goes away. Yeah. So again, it's not really... Working out for us at the moment in front of goal. So our first sub came in the 80th minute as James Brophy replaced JMD. And shortly after that, Connor Walkinson, following some nice footwork, found some space to shoot, but it went well wide. Again, having seen that, he's just crowded out again. But he has that one second where it's on. And maybe if he goes for the far post, maybe it's a different outcome because he goes near post. But... Easy for me to say. Fine margins, isn't yeah. it? Um, and I'd say Wilkins has definitely been impactful here. He's definitely worked hard. He's been very industrious, and we've definitely been the better side. I know we're eighty minutes in, um, so from that point of view, it's it's been good. Yeah, it's been absolutely. a good game so far. Eighty-second minute though, almost conceded. So following a scrappy build-up of play just outside the O's box, it was really scrappy. We had chances to clear it quite didn't. It was floating around. James Vaughan. Obviously, Don't want him on the experienced, ball. Yeah. reads the game well, got the ball just outside the box, spun very quickly, got his shot away that was going into the far post, and Sam Sargent made a very, very good save and done even better to hold, hold the ball it. Yeah. at full stretch. thought that was a very, very good save. I'll just say, there's a lot of things where you see keepers doing... Um, Saves for the ca- what I call saves for the cameras where they're flying acrobatically and all the rest of it, and they try and push the ball out. I don't understand why goalkeepers nowadays are coached to push the ball out. That is a fantastic bit of of goalkeeping because it takes the pressure off the defence and and the outfield players that they don't have to worry about the ball being landing at someone's feet where they just tap it in or cushion it in and top bins and 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 then people are are now talking about a goal that shouldn't have been if the keeper would have held it. He's held it. He's completely nullified any any further threat and allows us to regroup and get back out. Yeah, fantastic from Sam. Yeah, Sargent. well done, Sam Sargent. A great save. There's nothing else to talk about for the rest of the 19. Four minutes of additional time were awarded, but with no further chances to talk about the full-time whistle win as the O's get a clean sheet, which I'm very uh, pleased to say, and a very respectable point against Bradford City. So as you know, Paul was there, I wasn't, but Dave Victor was also there, and he spoke to Ross Embleton after the game. So this is almost eight minutes. This is Ross Embleton speaking to Dave Victor. Ross, thanks for joining us. A clean sheet at home, it's been a while. Yes, it has. Um, I felt like it was. Well, I feel, I feel like standing here a little bit disappointed is a good thing, as, as ridiculous as that sounds. Um, we've worked really well this week on how we felt we could stop Bradford, which I think is, albeit that we're at home and we're so, you know, in the past so used to winning and, and teams coming here and finding it difficult against us, we had to respect the level of opposition and the level of players that they've got. And I thought we executed that game plan really well. And I suppose the reason why I'm disappointed is the fact that a few margins and you know a little bit more um, finesse around around the goal could have led to us uh, to, could have led to us winning the game. Denied by the woodwork in the first half and uh, a couple of penalty appeals in the second. Certainly, um, the, I didn't think the handball one was a handball. The lads are just talking about it in there. I didn't think it was. I think you come lunging out like that. It wasn't even one that I appealed for. But Leanne goals is a penalty. 
um, as I've walked across the I don't know what the ref's looking at because it's not like a melee and someone's lost his man got pulled back and his body's in the way everybody is looking at Leanne Goal ready to smash it in the goal he gets pulled down and for some reason he doesn't see it and then obviously when you ask the assistant he hasn't seen it as well so um, I just sort of walked past him at the end there and said to him you'll have a sleep this night won't you watch that one because you got it wrong and he laughed at me and I said no just because I said it nice I mean it so uh, I hope he does have a sleep this night because it was penalty I tell you, he won't be having a seat this night. Sam Sargent, that was a superb save later on. Been, um, there's been times when they've wriggled in, haven't they, Dave, them ones, and it went for a few bodies, and it looked like it was going to sink into the bottom corner, and he'd he done great. Not only to save it, I think it's the fact that he's held on to it, because I see that if it was Otak, the striker was, was, was reacting and getting on, whether he was on the side or not, you know, he's, he's irrelevant now, but Sam managed not, not to just save it, but to, to keep it within his grasp, which is, which is massive. Big afternoon for Miles Judd. Yeah, uh, delighted for Miles because um, you know we've had we've had some conversations recently, and he's dis- he's disappointed that he's not been playing. Um, he's got his opportunity today, and not only am I delighted for him in the way that he performed, but I'm also delighted in the way that he's gone about his last few days. Like so we had a we've had a couple of conversations recently, and I've seen a real response for him. He trained really well Wednesday, trained really well Friday. Probably with a thought process that he wasn't going to be playing, but he still went about his business well. So I'm pleased that Miles has shown those signs and he's rewarded, albeit by the misfortune that Sam Ning misses out, he's rewarded by getting into the team and, and, and he's repaid us with a good performance. Connor Wilkinson possibly had the better chances. Are you ever tempted to play him in the centre? Yes, yes and no. Um, I know that it's a position that Connor's probably probably favours a little bit more. We've, we've spoken this week about that. I know he can play down the middle. He was very effective against us last year for Dagnum down the middle, and um, that's why we signed him to a degree. Uh, but I think he causes people a lot of problems out there, giving away a few secrets. But he comes off the line, he keeps heading the ball against uh, full-backs or wing-backs, so it gives him even more of an opportunity of keeping the ball alive in the final third. And then I think you see his athleticism, his ability 1v1 for a big lad, I suppose the quote, He's good feet for a big man, but in terms of his 1v1 ability, to be able to manipulate the ball, move his body for, for a lad that big, he's, he's excellent. And he's, he's got his head in his hands as I'm debriefing the lads there, and I said to him, yeah, I'm disappointed, you're disappointed you haven't scored, but please don't sit there with your head down, because what you contributed to the team today, the actual ch- chances you missed were created by yourself. So don't want to be too harsh on you, because cause you, you know, he's one of our best performers today. Liango holds the ball up so well, doesn't he? Yeah. I uh, thought first half we had a chance he, he, he was sort of waiting for the aggressive contact from the centre half and I thought once he got that right in the second when, when we get balls into Lee and up to Lee uh, it's very very difficult for a boy of that size and that athleticism because if you get tight he rolls you like he did on a, on a few occasions but he, he can we can build so much off of him if we give him the chance to uh, to get up, get hold of the ball. He's got such a good touch. Three without a uh, win, uh, uh, sorry, t- uh, three without defeat, ten without a win. But there is a platform. Yeah, that's that. The ten is uh, is obviously a diff- difficult one to uh, to take at the moment, and disappointing that, that it's got to that that state um, but at the same time we have to look at what we've tried to build in the last few weeks a couple of disappointing results and um, but we went away last week and showed gritty determination and I was pleased that we built on that side of the game again today against better opposition and a team at the top end of the league that should be pushing for promotion but at the same time and my debrief to the lads there was yeah you've done that you've done all that you've executed that game plan and made a made a you know, limited the, the, a very good opposition to very few opportunities but then you've turned it, turned the screw and gone the other way and executed what we looked at, how we were going to hurt the opposition really well. And, and, and in my opinion, very unlucky not to win. The window is going to open soon. Where's your priority? Where do you want to strengthen? I won't give that too much away, Dave, because I th- I, there's, there's, there's different discussions going on at the moment uh, about how we freshen the squad up. I don't think that we need to make massive changes. I think that... Um, you know, obviously, this, it's been a very sort of topsy-turvy, difficult season so far for us. I think freshening it up, putting some from new blood in there, some new faces will create more challenge for places, which is ultimately why you want to bring players in. Uh, and then at the same time, you know, maybe instigate that little, you know, that little view to, to look forward and build. So uh, I won't give you exactly what we're looking for at the moment, but it's certainly certain, like areas there are in, within the squad that we're looking at. How significant are the injuries to uh, Sam Ling and Joe Widdison? Um, Sam Ling's one, I think, is a little bit more... 
I say the word serious, but I think it's worse than Joe's. Uh, that could see Sam out for a few games. I hope not, but it was a bit innocuous. He trained yesterday, and it wasn't until the latter end of the session that we really tried to stretch him physically to see if he was capable to go out if he was capable to go out today and what we didn't want to do is go for a Northampton again where we walk out in the first sprint that Sam tries to do he pulls up so it was sensible for, for the medical department to rein him in I hope that that doesn't hold him back whereas with Joe's I think Joe's is just a little bit of a niggle maybe the, the two close games at the back end of last week maybe caught up with him uh, this week so I'm hoping that uh, a weekend of rest might see Joe back in the group early next week Finally for me was next week of course Mark, uh, Justin Edinburgh would have celebrated his 50th birthday and in honour to him tonight there's going to be a special evening yeah I said in my programme notes that um, this was a date that we all knew was going to come there's been so many minute silences there's been so many Justin occasions this year and I feel like there hasn't been one for a little while with so many at the start of the season uh, it's been a night that we've all been so excited about because um, he made such a big deal about his 50th birthday and what an occasion it was going to be so we've got a few different celebrations planned for him I think the work that uh, Charlie Edinburgh that Kerry and Sydney have done uh, amongst you know the people that are on the trustees and that sort of thing as well I, I I won't start trying to name them because I don't want to miss anybody out. But, you know, in the circumstances of, of who they've lost and what they've lost, to, to put their um, their energies and their fight into organising such a fantastic thing that the foundation is in general, uh, they deserve incredible amount of praise. And I know full well that um, tonight's going to reflect him perfectly and also reflect the effort and the work that they've put in to make sure that we remember his 50th as well as we all remember him for everything else that he's done. Absolutely, Ross, and he would have enjoyed the clean sheet. Yeah, very much so. I think that probably would have been the one thing that he would have enjoyed the most out of today. So um, we've worked hard to get that, Dave. We, we, we've come out today with it. I'm pleased but disappointed to start the uh, to end the interview in the same way that I did. That doesn't make a great deal amount of sense. Thanks, Ross. <laughs> so that was Dave there talking to Ross Emerson. Some very good questions there from Dave Victor. Ross not giving much away when asked about the January transfer window. So it would be interesting to see who comes in and if anyone goes out at the same time as well and obviously we'll speak about the Justin Edinburgh uh, evening very shortly question is if people coming in who who would be kind of in line to, to, to leave players that are not getting much game time Dal Gorman mate no I've not even thought about it no idea no Louis idea Louis Dennis I think there'll be some players who won't be happy with not playing yeah probably um, Matt Harold, I think is in the final year of his con. he only signed a one year extension didn't he now you've got Connor and Lee back. Does James Alarby go out? I mean... I think players who are at the end of their contracts will probably see out their contracts. Right. But it's all he said, she said, but I'm but sure... That's just our views, isn't it? I mean, from our perspective, we, you know, obviously we're not privy to that sort of information, but you know, you've got to be thinking, if you're not getting game time and your contract's coming up, then you've got to go somewhere where you're potentially going to earn a new contract, surely. I think a lot depends. Well, again, it's, it's a crucial it's, six months for these. It's opinion, isn't it? Yeah. I think it all depends on if the board tell. If the board have said you've got money to spend and you can go and spend it, or if the board have said you need to get X and Y off the books to bring in A and B. Yeah, but who knows? By the time we do our next podcast, which we'll come on to at the end of the pod, we you might, might have, have a few more. many different faces. Yeah. yeah. But good questions there from Dave. And again, thank you to Dave throughout the year for sending us all of his mm-hmm. post-match interviews. So that draw meant we had another point but we stayed 19th in League 2 as we've now played 21 won 5 drawn 7 lost 9 with a goal difference of minus 8 and 22 points and when you look at that we've only won 5 out of 21 that's quite disappointing then when you flip it and you go you've only lost 9 out of 21 that's not too bad it's, no. that, it's that 7 that you can't convert into wins Draws, yeah. which is hurting you but then you look at those 9 losses and if you'd have turned 2 of them into draws yeah. or one of them into a, into a win, you're talking a very different kettle of fish, aren't you? Mate, you absolutely are. So your views then on yesterday's result, Mr Lee? Yeah, I've got a little bit granular uh, this week as it's the last one uh, of the year. I started off by saying I'd have taken a point before kick-off. We were talking uh, yeah. in the group that we were sitting by, taking a point. I think we deserved the win, basically, on the balance of play. And as uh, Darren, who sits next to, or sat next to us yesterday, he had your, your ticket because you couldn't go, he said... If it was a boxing match and it was based on sort of points by round, for, for example, yeah. then we'd have won that without a knockout blow. 
um, which I thought was a pretty good analogy. That's a very good analogy. Um, yeah, well done, Darren. Bit of a nothing first half. Both teams trying to find their way in the game. Second half was a really good half of football, I thought. Defensively, we were solid. Sarge had very little to do, but did well when needed. That, that save with his feet. Yeah. Uh, the save that he got down low for and, 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 and got hold of. Um, towards the end uh, and even with centre-back Dan Happy playing at left-back he made a couple of very very crucial tackles so uh, excellent there Jamie Turley is aggressive that's the word I couldn't use when I was talking to All him right. last night I couldn't think of he was aggressive he made sure he won everything and, and that their their strikers got very little change out of him um, so yeah he did well commanding the back line Marvin did well uh, as well um, I thought Juddy was very good as well like like uh, yeah. Ross Ross said there I thought he got forward to help support attacks and yeah he got because he was forward he got caught out when they were counting and they went in behind him because he'd left that gap yeah, yeah. but there was cover which is half the point is if if your right back's going to go forwards then someone's got to be behind fill in yeah Craig Clay worked hard got stuck in made some good passes I thought Marsh was a bit anonymous at times but he was effective okay. uh, when needed uh, Josh Wright worked really hard also took took the abuse from, from the Bradford fans well um, Wilkinson Angle worked hard up front to keep us up the field showed good footwork and awareness at times but I, I sensed there was a slight bit of desperation in their wanting to score a goal yeah, that actually a pass to one or the other at one or two points might have been a, would have been potentially a better option yeah. but you know they were so desperate to sort of get the shot away and, and, and score and I get that it's not a criticism just, just an observation I thought JMD I thought he did okay few good crosses but I'd like to see him go at players a bit more he's got the talent yeah. he's got the skill and the craft we just don't see it but he's crossing you know for, for the Wilkinson you know he puts Spot it on a plate for the guy you know just, just, yeah, just more of it. Yeah, okay. Yours? Good shout out. Mine's very small this week. I wasn't there, but again, from a defensive point of view, you can't do better than a clean sheet. Yep. So I've got to say, well done to the back four, well done to Sam. I think if Skorna scores his early chance, we'll probably go and win that quite comfortably. Yeah, I think. They didn't really trouble um, us. But good to see Sargent making some big saves. He spoke about his confidence. Turley seems like he's having a great impact being back in the defence. Um, and apart from not scoring it sounds like we've done everything else really well and it's pretty positive so lots to build on as we go into a very busy round of fixtures which are coming up thick and fast so those were our views so your views and again as every week we say massive amount of feedback so well done and thank you to everyone who sent their tweets into at Sporting Outlook at full time and again just because we read out your views doesn't mean we necessarily agree with them. So Will Perrett tweeted us, said, managed to go 90 minutes without a defensive calamity, a solid performance, everyone played well, and we won't hold on to happy in January if he keeps on playing like that. I think that's a good point, actually. So here's another one that potentially moves out. I hadn't even considered that when we were talking earlier with your Alabis and your Gormans that weren't getting much game time. Would Marv go? You know what I mean? Like, would an offer come in? Would if an, if an offer if a suitable offer came in for Marvin Happy? Well, money talks, doesn't it? Do you let him go? I think as Ken said, everyone's got a price. Yeah, it just depends whether that price comes in. So there's players who you'd want out to get out to free money up for other players, but at the same point, I think Dan Happy's a name where most fans wouldn't want him to leave. Mm. So it swings and roundabouts, really. I, I think, I'm pretty sure someone quite close to him said to me that they want him to stay here. Yeah. But obviously, if a champ club or a top league one club comes calling, yeah, of course, and there's an opportunity for him, I just hope that if any of these young players leave us, that they actually go and further their careers rather than just fall on into the ether well, of under I mean, twenty threes football and then. To be fair, you go what Bon and Karoma are two examples, and they're both at the moment. They found it hard initially to get into the starting eleven. Bon now is keeping Lyle Taylor out. So Lyle Taylor is back mm. and on the bench. And he's on the bench, yeah. Bon is in form and now being linked with Leicester and Newcastle. And Karoma's taken a bit longer to get in, but Karoma, I think, has started the last three or four games for Huddersfield. Both both of those boys, young, playing championship football, got the world at their feet. Mm. What a start they've had at Warren, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Fair enough. Leaking No Noise tweeted in and they said, so much better, competitive all over the pitch against a good side. Marsh was immense and the rest of the midfield raised their game too. Forwards looked really composed, and if the ball had fallen kindly a couple of times, we'd have taken all three points. Exactly. Yeah, it's Matty LOFC Evans says, I had us to scrape a narrow win, but a point gained is better than none at all. Bradford will be top of half come end of the season, so I'm pleased it's another point towards survival. I did see a few of their fans tweeting saying it was easily their worst performance 
of the season. So maybe we caught them on a bad day, but we just couldn't take advantage of them. Possibly they weren't at their best, but I think we also helped nullify any threat that they did yeah, have. So we've made them look average yeah. in that regard. It's not just purely them being not very good. bad, because we're not that bad. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not that they've lowered their level, it's just we, we've we upped ours and maybe they've dipped a little bit. And that's yeah. why we're talking about a nil-nil draw and not a two or three-nil thrashing of them or them of us. Yeah. So... Um, Boatsy tweeted in, welcome down from Edinburgh, mate. Very, very impressed with the way we work for each other and the way we battle throughout. Unlucky not to win. Many positives. Another good point. There. Yeah, Richie J. Bourne says, it was a good point. Needs some more firepower in front of goal as we are not testing the keeper enough. Brophy mm. on earlier would have helped, but still, it's small steps in the right direction. Yeah, he did well when he came on. Lou Bear 84 said, good point, but not testing the keeper enough. Safe shots from our boys. Uh, what a player. Sorry, Marsh, what a player. Yeah, it's funny that, the different views that people yeah, have. That's yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. John W999 says, got a real sense of a team playing for their manager today. Excellent in defence with Turley's pace making a big difference. Marsh, magnificent in midfield and decent going forward. Probably cancelled out slightly by a super defensive performance from Bradford. Wadsey said, have to admit, I was expecting us to lose this, but a much better display. So solid at the back and really good to have a fit Turley in the middle. Thought JMD and Wilkinson also stood out and we couldn't nick a goal. We just couldn't nick a goal. Keep it up and we'll be okay. Do you know, that's, exact, that's exactly right. It's not like we're playing really badly no, absolutely, yeah. and there's no hope of anything. We're creating chances. We... we through open play and through individual efforts so you know for a nil-nil draw this is a very positive reaction we've exactly. seen it go it's the other way isn't it? we've seen it go the other way after nil-nil draws before so yeah let's see what else we've got in Sunshine LOFC so there's a much improved defensive display from the O's we will need more creativity in the middle of the pitch Connor Wilkinson is beginning to show some very decent form again. Today was a step in the right direction. Rekka Blue App said, Would have taken that result at kickoff. Was surprised how defensively Bradford was set up. And while there were very few chances, we looked like we had the better of them without hitting the target. Hope for three points next yeah. time. Luke underscore T7 says, We need to take this as a positive point. Before the game, I would have been very pleased with this, but with the performance we've had, <laughs> I'm left feeling like we should have come out of it with a win. Only thing I would have changed was Brophy coming on in the 60th and not the 80th minute. Daniel underscore D44 said, The four defenders and the keeper were superb. Barely put a foot wrong. The midfield all played well, but I still think they are all too similar. I think we have two good forwards, but I wonder if they are a partnership. Would have won, sorry, would have won if our decision making in the final third was better. Interesting view. Yeah, very good. Les LK52 says, A solid display about setting the world on fire. Sergeant made two important saves and a great last-ditch tackle from Happy. Otherwise, we deserved that point. And on another day, those scrambles in the box fall kindly for us. Ref should have showed their number six a second yellow, mm. but we did okay. Yeah, Jagsy1979 said, much better performance. Turley making such a difference to that back line. Needed a bit more urgency in attack. But we were the better side, no doubt about that. And we need to build on that and we'll be just fine. Yeah, Marcus Maynard says, JMD was a threat today. Playing, attacking, some of his crosses would have been rewarded. Marsh looked very useful, defence pretty solid, steps in the right direction, but I don't think Leanne Goal is a lone striker. Yeah, good point. I think we were playing a 4-3-3. Uh, at one point, JMD was in the middle and Wilkinson and Angle were either side of him. Okay. Um, and then obviously a 4-5-1 defensively. I think well, I say obviously, I, that's what I saw and I thought. Yeah. But I think Ross... Tweaked it about a bit in yeah, game as well, around, doesn't he? Yeah, Gold nine three one said decent display today. A deserved point. Sergeant was great. Not sure Brill would have got to it. And I think he's talking about that. that yeah, save that he got down to. Just couldn't quite finish it. Think we're probably more. Think we are probably more than happy with the point than they are. Yeah, good point. A kid Samson oh, so the thought Bradford were appalling and there for the taking, but not at all disheartened with the point. Probably the best ninety minute performance we've put in at home all season. Mm. Marv and Jamie were imperious and pleased to see Sargent justifying his place in the side. Good tweet there. Yeah, dear Stu said, Turley and Marv, absolutely outstanding. I don't think they had one shot on target. Much better performance and would have taken a point at the beginning of the day against the journeyed League 2 team who were in the playoffs and could have gone second with a oh, win. Good point, yeah. yeah. David Barrett, six. As Turley is quick, he is second fastest in the club behind Brophy. <clears throat> what a difference he has made. Judd was also good both defensively and attackingly, but he will probably lose out to long throw Ling when fit. But like Ross has said, Sam's going to be out for at least a couple of games now. So this is a real opportunity 
for Miles Judd to go, right, I'm going to push on here and make it almost impossible yeah. for Sam to get back in the team. Absolutely. You give Ross a choice to make. And, and I think it goes back to episode 200 where Martin said about Miles Judd being a footballer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So he's obviously, they've had a word with him. They've obviously made these changes or he's making these adjustments. Yeah. And maybe Sam Ling won't be coming back into the side because Miles Judd will be will be doing very well. Uh, Vince Howard, 73, said, I make that two unbeaten. Thought we battled well. And when a team in sixth, when a team who are sixth in the league end up being happy to accept a draw, you know we've put in a decent share. Yeah, good point. All right, ball bags are starting to see the benefits of a fully fit squad with lots of competition for places. Unlucky not to get all three points. Turley's immense at the back. And is there any chance we can keep Marsh? Wilkinson was a nuisance all game. Much improved from 1 to 11. And well done to Russ. Yeah, I mean, he's on loan to us. So Tottenham might call him back and say, actually, Possibly. a League One club, want you, we want him to go to a League One club. Possibly. Um, Rayleigh Dave said, the back four were the best defensive unit this season. Ekpiteta and Turley were rock solid. Wilkinson was a real threat in the second half and could have had three or four. Marsh and Clay chased and closed down all over the pitch, but midfield lacking in creativity. Overall, is a good point. Good point there about the defensive unit. That isn't the four on paper who you would go with it's not first choice four no. but that may be the four who when it comes together and gels is the four who works together the best yeah well, it's, like, it's like the back in the Slade section isn't it where you had Cuthbert a centre back at right back you've got your right back playing at your left back yeah. to accommodate him do you know what I mean it was, it's all yeah but Marvin Happy have played together just not in the left centre back left back position yeah, yeah. You know, do you know what I mean yeah. so yeah, you know, I, guess, I guess you've got quality like Jamie Turley who can marshal it in well, totally, totally your experienced leader, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Valley, yeah. yeah. Pandemonium, yeah. 1881, says, competed all over the pitch, tried to play football when possible, mixed and matched them physically, no nonsense, in our defensive third with a solid performance. And on another day, we could have nicked it, but another small step forward in this batch of games. Yeah, I am underscore MO said, defensively we were solid. Not said that for a long time. All four were excellent. Wilkinson looked lively. JMD still in and out of the game, but produced the best two crosses of the game. My issue is the midfield doesn't create a lot. Yeah, a few people have said that. Yeah. Steve, the F1, says competitive display all over the pitch. Defence were much more solid. Three central midfielders helps with that, but it does leave us short of creativity. You need to work out how to get the best out of Wilkinson and Angle together which leads us on to the final word this week and the final word, word of, of the year, year. and the decade yeah. mate the decade. and the decade yeah it goes to you Orion underscore Ed very pleased with the performance okay we should have won but small positive steps stopped the rot last week with a point and got another point today plus a clean sheet against the team in the playoffs yeah so let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out or anything that we have said in this podcast you can tweet us at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook.com or you can Facebook us at Orient Outlook Podcast or you can Instagram us uh, with a nice picture of yourself at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast with your podcast mug <laughs> Prediction League update then there were no correct predictions surprisingly no one really ever goes for a nil-nil draw so the Prediction League for the final time this year until we update it on our podcast uh, next year. Uh, Steve Chaplin 4 is at the top with 13 points. On 12 points is O's Fan Basing and Sue underscore Manx. And on 11 points is Alan AVM 1502 and Walla Ad. So thanks to everybody throughout 2019 for your predictions and taking the time to tweet us uh, your predictions. It is appreciated. Steve, you do a lot of hard work on Mate. that. I've me- messed it up so many times that I'm not allowed <laughs> to touch it anymore. So fair play to you. Well done. So in the evening, we got suited and booted. We took out our lovely wives, our long-suffering, long-suffering footballing wives. Yeah. We took them out to the Justin Edinburgh Gala dinner. So looking forward to that. Like that yesterday afternoon, great afternoon of football and then a great night. I was so, so looking forward to it. It was really good. So it was obviously black tie, so we put on our lovely bow ties. The missus uh, got dressed up, yeah. came and picked up the Levy's. We went off to the venue it was much bigger than what I thought it was going to be. Massive, isn't it? it? Much bigger. Yeah, it was like 650 people, a massive room. We walked in and bumped into Kerry Edinburgh. Like Who came over to us and said hello. I mean, very nice of her. Um, Unbelievable. And just, yeah, lots of people that, that you would know there. Obviously, Spurs legends were well represented. Teddy Sheringham was there. You had a picture with Paul Allen, didn't you? Yeah, a lot of my family are hardcore Tottenham, so I grew up with a lot of Tottenham 80s footballers in my yeah. mind. So I'd much rather have, have a photo with... Paul Allen and a Teddy Sheringham. Yeah. For me, Paul Allen's like the player. So yeah. he kept walking past, I had to grab him. So I grabbed Paul Allen for a photo. Dance floor, wasn't it? 
Dance floor, yeah, dance floor was yeah. packed. So we had Mark Wright came out, and obviously we spoke about Justin. We saw video montage, and we spoke a bit about what the foundation uh, are planning to do. I spoke about why the money is so important, and to try and make as many people as aware um, of heart issues as possible, and the difference um, of between what a cardiac arrest is and what a heart, heart attack, attack is. Yeah. I still don't know, so I'm going to research that because I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, uh, and it's important to understand what the difference is. So after so. dinner, uh, there was an auction through oh. prices that were given um, to the foundation. They raised ninety-seven thousand pounds in about some fifteen in twenty room. minutes, which was great to see. There was also a raffle at thirty pound a strip, so we both bought a strip. Didn't come off. Um, unfortunately I've got the money in my pocket <laughs> um, unfortunately we didn't win but there were some great prices on offer um, how they've got runs. those 10 raffle prizes and then those auction prizes like one of a kind stuff yeah one of a kind stuff I mean it's absolutely incredible some serious money spent in that room last night some very wealthy people and that's what you need there's some unique prizes that money can't buy stuff and you know kudos to, to the foundation the trustees and Kerry and Charlie and Sydney for pulling resources and, and, and getting such fantastic prizes. They're going to have a hard job next year if they do it next year, if they do an annual gala dinner um, next year to, to usurp those those prizes. I mean... I mean, it's easy to figure out that, you know, it's only been since June, the tragedy, yeah, and they, there was months. a snippet on screen where they were interviewing Dayton and Mackinac and Coulson and both Josh and James at the breakdown, end. Breakdown, yeah. Breakdown. So you can still... They're still very, very much affected... Um, buy it but like you said I think the way the family have handled it has been tremendous I think it was a very positive evening obviously Justin would have been 50 this coming Wednesday, Wednesday which was what about the whole evening was about and then once the auction and the raffle was done it turned into party time so yeah. from about 10 uh, Arj from Towie his band took the stage yeah it was great like really dance, floor band, was, dance floor was packed and the DJ played out to the rest of the morning to 1am so we got to speak to some players spoke to quite a few different people who were there. We were sitting next to a lady who was sitting next to us called Susan who had travelled in all the way from Holland for the event. Justin Edinburgh was her idol, um, which was fascinating Amazing. to hear about. Lovely people. Um, but a great evening. And I've got to say a massive well done to everyone who was there. It's a bit random at points where you're dancing and Mark Wright and Michelle Keegan are dancing in front of you. Josh Wright's got his phone out filming everyone like on I the right-hand side. I filmed him filming. Teddy showing us behind you dancing to some garage tune. It's just a bit mental, really, but a great night. Yeah. We'll definitely go back next year yeah. for the next one. So well done to Charlie, Money to Sydney, well spent. to Kerry, yeah. for everyone. Hopefully that foundation can go from strength to strength in the in the upcoming months. And like yeah. I said, if they can save one life, then that's... It's worth it. It's worth it, it. yeah. So Absolutely. A very well done to the Justin Edinburgh Foundation. So moving on then to Sunday the 15th of December. It's today as we record this. The ladies were in action in the afternoon away to Cambridge United. Unfortunately, they lost the game 3-0, so sorry that we have to report on that. Unlucky to the ladies. Yeah, okay, so mm. let's wrap this up before we bring you some festive messages from a few Orient uh, people. So, Fantasy Football Update, so Andy Chalk is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League, he's on 1,060 points. He's uh, ahead of David Cummins in second place on 1,021 points. I've had a bit of a meh week again, so I'm now in 126th place out of 284 players. Cool. Dream Team update then. A Brown is top of the Orient Outlook podcast Dream Team League on 1,076 points, ahead of R Hawks in second place on 1,047. This league you're doing much better on. You've gone up to 19th out of 87 players. Well done. I don't care about the Orient, I don't care about the Orient podcast league. I'm in a league with Andrew Butler. His league, the guy from Dream Team, yeah. he says if an Orient fan wins his league, He'll win a signed shirt. So I'm second in that league. That's oh, the one yeah. I got my hopes on. Okay. That's the one I got my hopes on. You're second in that. How many points behind first? Do you know? About 30. So I'm coming. I'm okay. coming for that league, Andrew Butler. If you're listening, I'm coming <laughs> for that one. So positives and negatives of the week. I'll let you do positives because I done positives last week. Okay. So clean sheet. We've kept one. Uh, great. I great to build I on. I can't remember the last time we kept the clean sheet. Uh, you're going to... Don't go, don't go back because it will take a while to find it. But I think it's got to be at least a couple of weeks. I can't recall keeping a clean sheet. Um, at least in the last couple of weeks, we we haven't really because the the games we've drawn games, but they've been score draw games. So you're not really in a position to 
to, yeah, yeah, it absolutely. kind of defeats the, the purpose of it. So um, I'm always um, trying to find out when we did keep a last clean sheet, I will take over positive. So second positive then was the overall performance was good. I think we battled well, um, a lot of fight in it. Obviously, Jamie Turley back is making one hell of a difference. I really great to see that and then the third positive is the team spirit in the squad uh, you know being brought together via their Christmas party last Sunday which we've all seen the photos of which looked really great so we hope everyone had a great time in that and obviously going out into the community um, is obviously strengthening their bond and obviously the job that Ross is doing is driving that forward last time we kept a clean sheet was the 19th of October two months ago in the 4-0 away to Grimsby so first clean sheet in two months was probably the best positive to start. And sorry, I stole your glory. I'll let you do negatives. That's yeah. all right. Negatives then. We're not scoring when we had the chances. Yeah, Sam so Ling and Joe Widdenson picking up injuries. I spoke to Keaton last night as well. He said as soon as he gets a load out, a couple more come, come, come in. Yeah. It's always the way. Uh, and no win in 10 games for us, although the last three games have been been draws. So that's a positive that we've not lost in three, but we've not won in 10 but either. It'll so. be like buses. Now, once we win one, we'll go and win the one after. There'll be a turning point, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, those be your so, positives and yeah, negatives. We're going to move on then to the hero or in this week, as it is heroes of the week, and it's going to be the trust and the players who went to Whips Cross Hospital, and also those that will be going out to yeah. Hobbiton Hospital this week. It's a very shouldn't ever be underestimated how important that is. Yeah. So well done to everyone at the trust who sorted out those visits, and well done to the players for getting themselves down there. So next week's fixtures in. So it's just the one fixture coming up for the O's next week, as we make the fairly short journey to Cambridge United on Saturday, the twenty first of December. So Cambridge United, they're doing okay um, this season. Yeah, they're Colin Calderwood, friends with Justin. Yeah, and heavily rumoured. One part of the season to be joining the club, so yeah. they're eleventh in League Two. They drew one away uh, at Cheltenham on Saturday, so yeah. decent point there. So if you're going, have a safe journey, and why not tweet us on your way uh, or during or even after the match or on your way home? We would love to hear from you. So that is the only fixture for next week. So as we end the penultimate podcast or the last podcast, the, even yeah, yeah of the podcast, year yeah. and of the decade, we thought we'd make a few appeals to get a few messages in. So because of 200 and the size of 200, we're only going to bring a few ones this week because 200 had so many messages. We didn't want to yeah. kind of repeat ourselves. So the first one, we had to ask him. He's so articulate when he speaks to us. We had to ask Dave Victor. So this is Dave Victor's Christmas message. Hi, it's Dave Victor, a.k.a. Dulcet Dave, wishing the Lake and faithful a very special Christmas. 2019 was such an emotional year. Tremendous success achieved through the outstanding leadership of Justin Edinburgh. And I know that in the new year, everyone at our special club is determined to continue his incredible legacy. And the Orient Outlook podcast will be there to cover all the twists and turns. Thank you, Paul and Steve, and happy holidays. Love it. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Thank Dave. you for your support. We, we, we wouldn't be half the podcast we are without you. Absolutely. So that was Dave Victor. Um, second of all, we refer to him as the third outlooker, so it's only fair that he makes an appearance on our Christmas New Year bumper special. So here's a message from Mr. Ross Embleton. Good evening, Paul, Steve, and everyone listening to the latest episode of the podcast. Uh, just wanted to drop everybody a note to say uh, Merry Christmas. I hope everybody has a, has a fantastic Christmas break. Uh, obviously, for us, it's not particularly um, a time of year where we get too much time to ourselves and time with family. So um, make the most of it. I think I hope everybody enjoys the, uh, the festive period. Uh, and as I say, spend some valued time with their loved ones. Uh, We've got a lot of games coming up, a lot of football to be played, uh, action-packed Christmas as always is the case with English football, so um, let's hope it's an enjoyable one, we'll be working hard to continue and to build on top of uh, yesterday's positive performance uh, and hopefully try and uh, work our way towards picking up more wins and, and obviously more points to take us further up the league. Uh, Merry Christmas everyone and Happy New Year. So that was Ross Embleton, so thank you to Ross for sending over his message. So I guess last up, as a birthday boy from the weekend. Hopefully uh, hangover wasn't too bad from last night. I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, so this is Nigel Travis, all the way from Heathrow Airport, just before he boarded his plane home. Hi everyone, this is Nigel calling from Heathrow, where I'm just about to board a plane to Boston. I want to wish everyone a late orient, a very happy Christmas period and a wonderful new year. It's been a lot of ups and downs in 2019, but I'm sure we're going to finish the year on a high. 
Uh, really thought we played well yesterday. Thank you for everyone who supported the Justin Edinburgh Foundation event last night. And I'll see you all on Boxing Day. Enjoy the Christmas period. Thank you. So thank you there to Nigel. Again, thank you to Ross. Thank you to Dave. We asked for those messages at very, very late notice when we were working out our dates that we'll come on to uh, in a few minutes. Um, but they turned around those messages very quickly and they've been great supporters of the podcast, to be fair, as has Ken mm. and everyone else who we've had on the podcast um, this year. So thank you, gentlemen, for your messages. So I guess to finish out in a sponsorship reminder... So don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 202. It's been a quiet week at the club. Another one full of birthdays in, um, birthdays in which a solid performance on Saturday saw us earn a point, arguably against the league's biggest side in Bradford City. We stood up well to their test, be proud of ourselves, and hopefully we can push on from here as we enter the busy Christmas period where the matches come thick and fast. Yep, so next week we're up against Cambridge United, who won't be a pushover, so they're 11th, as we said. So let's make sure we fully get behind the team. Cheerios on to a much-needed win. So we'll be back with episode 203 on Sunday, the 5th of January. So a few weeks away, obviously, or into playing on the 21st of <coughs> December, but we felt to do a podcast on Sunday, the 22nd of December, wasn't the right time to do one because Christmas, Christmas the fixture list is so convoluted, it doesn't give people much time to kind of catch up. Conge- yeah, congested, yeah. isn't it? There's a lot going on in a short space of time. So rather than try and push out as many in a short yeah. space of time, we're just going to do one bumper episode on Sunday, the 5th of January, which will cover the whole Christmas period. So if you're listening on iTunes, Please subscribe, give the podcast a review. You know, if you want to give us a Christmas present, go on iTunes, <laughs> review the podcast. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, tune in Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they're uploaded. We're also on all smart speakers, so get listening on those. I'm sure lots of you will get them for Christmas, so it's very easy. All you have to do is say to your Alexa, play the one out of podcast, and it will play the most recent Absolutely. podcast for you. Speaking of Christmas gifts, <laughs> people need to drink out of uh, vessels. Uh, we have some of those vessels. They are your podcast mugs. It's five quid or £3.50 for postage. Postage has gone up. Has it? It has. Outrageous. Uh, so, so from that point of view, postage is, is uh, £3.50. The mug is just a fiver. I only have one left. I don't know how many, I think you've got probably, right, fine. So we're down to two handfuls now. Okay. Uh, so they're literally, that is it. Once it's, once they're gone, they are gone. And I must say, I've used mine a lot and I've put it through the dishwasher <laughs> a lot and it is still looking brand new. Really still good. looking brand new. So they are good quality mugs, great stocking fillers, great secret Santas if that's what you're doing. So this, as this is our final episode of 2019, we'd like to echo the thanks we gave to you all for listening to us every week back in episode 200. We really, really couldn't do this without your support. Uh, thank you very much indeed. It really wouldn't be worth the effort that goes into producing this podcast um, if we didn't have the listeners that we did. So thank you to everybody and thanks to the great guests and contributors that we've had uh, come on the show, not only this season but this year as well. Yeah, I think we have to echo that. I mean, some of our podcasts have literally gone on for three hours. So, I mean, Martin Ling and Elliot Byrne were here to almost midnight. Ross Embleton has been known to, to be at or in out of podcast hours to half 11 and midnight. Yeah. So, again, to echo that, thanks to all the guests who have come on thanks to the club for helping us get those guests on thanks to you guys for listening and thanks for coming up when you see us at Brisbane Road it's always amazing to meet new Orient fans who introduce themselves there's nothing we love more than that and we appreciate everyone listening so you know to finish we would like to say have a great Christmas we hope to be covering some very positive results in episode 203 in January and keep calm have a Merry Christmas have a Happy New Year and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast and we are going to play out with probably my friend and happy Hanukkah and happy Hanukkah to absolutely. those who follow and if there's any other f- religious festivals we've missed and I've got to play out now or we are playing out with one of my favourite uh, yeah, men our favourite artists of yeah. all times so here to play you out is the one and only Mr Bruce Springsteen Merry Christmas up the O's